Hello, thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International right here in Columbus, Georgia. Today, I'd like to share a word straight from God that's just for you. I hope you're prepared. Grab your pen, paper, your tablet. Most importantly, grab your Bible, your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And let's prepare to take notes on what God has to share with you on today. I'm excited for you because you're about to grow to a greater place of faith in God. Let's tune into the word. Turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. I want to have a conversation with you today. Praise God for you all being here in the house. And I hope your hearts are ready to receive. Father, prepare our hearts now to receive the challenging truth that we might be made anew this day in Jesus' name. We've been talking this month kind of subtly in this new season about the fact that eternity has something to say. Man, this month has really been challenging us as a people of God to see life through the appropriate perspective not merely by things that are happening on an everyday basis, but seeing life through the eyes of eternity. I want you to say that, through the eyes of eternity. That means that you're not merely looking at tangible things. You're not merely living your life uh, contingent upon things that are immediate, but you have an understanding that what you do now has eternal implications. Preferably, they won't have eternal ramifications, meaning that there are consequences that will be suffered, but that there are implications that will be to your good. And I believe that God really wants us to embrace this truth so that we prepare ourselves for what lies ahead. We are, it's it's no secret that we are in pivotal times specifically in the United States of America, but I believe even in in the world as we know it, things will never go back to the way that they were entirely. Uh, But you best believe that things are going to get better for certain individuals. (laughs) Because I believe that the earth has entered into a season of judgment. And that's now when you, if, if that makes you think that God has a sour message in this hour, you're hearing wrong. Because if judgment is coming to the earth, that means that glory is being released to the people of God. So it's what Isaiah said, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. He indicates there that he says, because darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness will cover the people. But the Gentiles shall be grown to the brightness of your shining. Which means that while they're being covered in darkness, God is illuminating, radiating, and perpetuating his light upon you to the point that the enemy can't even stand to look at you. God Almighty, that ought to, that ought to, make, you, that ought to make you square your shoulders a little more. That, that devil that's been plaguing you, that enemy that's been trying to intimidate you, that he ain't going to be able to stand to look at you because you're going to remind him of what he missed out on. That went right over about 30% of our heads. But we're going to dive in today and receive what the Father has. And so today I'd like to kind of converse with you uh, on the train of thought that because we are 
setting our eyes in the side of eternity, one might ask the question, well, what do we do here in time while we're looking to eternity? That's a good question. And I think we find the answer to that in the book of Luke chapter 19, verse number 12, where Jesus is sharing a parable with his followers. Uh, And I want to focus on verse 13, the last four words. And this is where we find our answer. If you'll read those four words of Luke 19, verse 13 with me, the last four words on the count of four. One, two, three, four. Occupy till I come. Four powerful words that are the answer, I believe, to we who are people who were created to to have an eternal existence and yet we feel restricted by the limitations of time. Have you ever felt like there's more to you than the world will let you be? (laughs) Oh man, there's more to you than people will allow you to be. You want to fulfill the greatness, but it's just always seeming like something is keeping you from being great. You say all the right things. I'm going to live my best life. Hashtag winning. I'm going to be great. You only live one. We say all those things, but then when we're in the moment, there's still something that's keeping the great you from manifesting. I believe that's because you are an eternal being, but you're in a temporary world. And so we must change our perspective on how we approach this life and stop living to appease temporary entities or temporary minded people and we got to start setting our affections on things above. we got to start living our lives understanding that I am an eternal being living in time. My life is but a whisper. My life is but a breath of wind just passing through but the breath that I release is so potent that it's going to leave an eternal imprint on the world after I'm long gone, but I have to approach my life differently and not allow temporary things to choke the eternity out of me. Somebody say, I got to think differently. And so I cannot watch. Since time is limited, I can't waste my time. I'm persuaded that the saints of God are preoccupied But I'm not persuaded that we're occupied. Okay, 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 okay. I want to ask you a question. Just kind of just 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 throwing thoughts in the air. What's your favorite thing to do? Don't say it out loud. Just think about it. Get it in your mind and ask yourself this question. Is that God's favorite thing to do as well? Oh, man, that'll make you think for a second because uh, you say, now, that's not fair, Pastor, because we're all different. We all have different likes, different things. Yeah, but I'm persuaded that the Bible tells us that we must get to a place that we start craving and desiring the things that God desires so that when we are in his atmosphere, we will have a heart for what he has a heart for. And if we if we have a heart for the things of God, we won't allow things to preoccupy the space in our heart that truly only God deserves. Ask yourself when you are in the dating game or when you are uh, pursuing relationships with uh, other individuals, 
do they ever really feel that void that you're really looking for it to be filled? Uh, I know you love them. I know you grow to a point of wanting to live the rest of your life with them. But there will come an end to this life and there will be an eternal realm that you'll dwell in. And they will not be to you in that realm who they are to you in this realm. So, so there's, there's always something on the inside of you that says, I love, uh, I love my husband. I love my wife. I care for this significant other. But there's more to life than that. Oh, come on, Mary. Folks, stop acting like you know what I'm talking about. You can hug and cuddle all night long, but at some point, you're going to have to get your arm from around me because my arm going to sleep now. I love you. I love you. I, I, you know, I, I, I love you. We can, we can snuggle. We can cuddle. But one of us got to go to work. Lest we be cuddling in the leaves that's falling off the trees outside. There's more to life than we make it. There's more to this temporary life than we give it credit for. And so we must have, we must allow ourselves to be in pursuit of things that are on the heart and mind of God more so than the things that are on the heart and mind of man. Jesus leaves four words in the parable. He says, you need to occupy until I come. This term occupy is different from just, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, keeping yourself uh, uh, in a place so you don't mess anything up. There's more to it. This term specifically is talking about in one facet that we must uh, stay busy. Uh, Dr. Ann Hartman of late told us that that conversation spoke of doing business with that Ben, with her entrepreneurial anointing. She would tell us, do business till we come. But this is Jesus talking. So he's not specifically talking about merely starting a business, but he's talking about plugging into a business that already exists. True enough, he uses the example of trading and banking because money never sleeps. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hell, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Somebody say, take the bag, take the bag. Wherever you at, be sure you get Tony says, pay that man. Make sure he get his funds. So we must understand. But, but Jesus uses this concept because in his day and time when he was in the earth as a human, a fully God, fully man, that there was this tug of war between God and mammon. And so he tried to use the concept of mammon to show his followers how busy they must be about the things of God. It's no different to us today. The stock market and the foreign exchange market, I used to be involved in that. And I I had to lay it aside when I came into pastoring. Why? Because it took time. It took time. If you were going to succeed in that, you had to give time. You had to give thought. You had to give effort. Well, Jesus uses that concept here as a teaching tool as to the level of intensity that must go into occupying yourself in this business. But the business that he was talking about is the same business that he referred to in Luke chapter 2 around verse number 49 where his mother is searching for him, trying to figure out where he is. He'd been lost for three days in their mind. And so they have uh, gone, traveled a day's journey. He ain't with none of the family nor none of the acquaintances. He come, they travel back a day's journey, looking back in the area where the Feast of Passover is taking place. Still can't find them. They search for another day. And it wasn't until the third day. After the third day, somebody, they on the third day. Yeah, y'all remember what happened on the third day? Much like Jesus for the third day to come out of where he was and be found by somebody else. Somebody say, catch that, catch that, catch that, catch that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but we understand that he said these words to her when she found him. She being a mother, you can imagine if you ain't found your child for three days, let alone three hours in the park, you can't find him. You know you get into a, a tissy. But we find uh, Mary coming to him saying, boy, didn't you know where we, we were looking for you? How could you ever get away from us in such a magnitude? And he says these words to him. Mother, what were you thinking? Did you not know that I must 
be about my father's business. There we go. We don't find him with the money collectors. We don't find him at the bar with the with the trying to win souls for for other uh, uh, those who were lost and wayward. In this moment, when he refers to business, the business that he's speaking of occupying as a believer, he's using the concept that we must find ourselves busy about the things of the father. So again, I ask you, what do you enjoy doing most? Because if what you enjoy doing most does not directly connect to what God desires most, then there's preoccupancy taking place, but not a lot of heavenly occupancy. And that is why there's a lack of fulfillment in the church. Regardless of how much money we make, there's always more money to be made. Regardless of how many friends we make, there's always, there's always the next person that we want to connect with. Ask your friends on Facebook, trying to build a following. And, 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 and you know, it's just a natural feel to want to gain friends, gain friends, but you can never get enough of them. Influence. Can never get enough influence. Why? Because we were not created merely to be influencers. We were created to be about our father's business. And so we must understand what it means. We'll find in this text, I'm going to read it for the sake of time, and I'm going to ask you to join in with me so that we can understand clearly what does it mean to occupy until he comes. I love this passage. I think it's one of, the, one of my favorite. I think it's one of the most important parables that Jesus ever taught because it gives credence to understanding how to live in eternity, but stay focused on an eternal purpose, to live in time and fulfill a purpose of eternity. In verse number 12, we find him sharing. Jesus says, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Verse 13 is where we find ourselves together. And he called his 10 servants and delivered unto them 10 pounds. Somebody say 10 servants say 10 pounds. Again, 10 servants, 10 pounds. Humor me one more time. Say 10 servants, 10 pounds. Watch. Each servant did not acquire 10 pounds. Each singular servant possessed one singular pound. Now You may say, oh man, I wish I could have got 10. Well, one pound, according to scripture, was worth three months worth of salary. So I think, I pretty much think, one talent, one pound, that, that, that'll, hang, that'll, hang, that'll hold you for a while. Anybody, if you got in one setting your three-month salary, you'll say, you know what, I, I, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet, Lord. I, 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 do, I believe I can work with this. Uh, ten, ser- ten servants, ten talents. Anytime you see the term or the number 10 in Scripture, you automatically want to think of proving or testing. Somebody say, it's a test. It's a test. Uh, Jesus is teaching them. If you understand back in the Ten Commandments, that was approving for the people of God in Israel when they were in the book of Exodus, when Jesus or excuse me, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments after he came down the mountain, he found the people of Israel worshiping a golden calf that they built. And it frustrated Moses so much that he took the Ten Commandments, the tablets that God wrote the commandments upon, and he smote them to the ground. I think Moses just had an anger problem. Anybody like Moses, sometimes you just get so mad, you just want to punch somebody god almighty don't don't lift your hand up because you know i'm just messing with you <laughs> you know church folk they'll judge you oh 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 you not realizing that they had the stankest attitude when you came in the building come on somebody help them up in there like i was saying like i was saying and so we find uh, that a testing moment for israel we find daniel in daniel chapter 1 verse number 12 we find him uh proving himself to king nebuchadnezzar and all of the magistrates when he told them give me 10 days and i will prove to you by eating my diet as opposed to 
everyone else in your land that my way is better. And of course, we know the end of that testimony was that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their diet was proven to be more healthy. It was proven to be more quality than everybody in all the land of of, uh, Babylon. And because of such, they were promoted as kings and leaders in that land. Listen, uh, uh, lean over and tell somebody, uh, if you want promotion, you better pass that test. I don't know who that's for. I don't know who that's. I don't know if that's spiritual or actual. But all I'm here to tell you is, you can't flunk every test and expect to get more authority. Okay, okay, that ain't my subject for today. Somebody say occupy, occupy. Uh, we also see in Matthew chapter 25, ten virgins, five of which were foolish and five of which were wise. Why? Because in the testing or the proving, only half of them showed themselves to be prepared or ready for the arrival of the bridegroom in that parable that Jesus gave them. So understand that ten represents proving. So why would God use Luke chapter 19 when he's telling us that there's a way for us to live fulfilled in time with our focus on eternity by being occupied. Understand that this ain't just a cute message. This is him saying, I'm giving you the answer. Get ready for the test. Okay. 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 Let's keep reading. And he said unto them, you said the four words, say them again, occupy till I come. But His citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. We'll come back to that. Don't fit. Don't forget that statement. And it came to pass in verse 15 uh, that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants, which servants, the 10 servants that he gave 10 talents and called them saying, "Uh, give me my money. Uh, We like that one right there, don't we? Uh, That he might know how much every man watched, not how much, how well every man kept his money, but how much every man gained from his money. So now we understand that this concept of occupancy is not merely holding a place and staying in a safe haven, but it's a it's a requirement that's placed upon us. Because if we're not careful, one of two things will happen. I want to talk about those one of two things here just for a moment. And the first concept is that we understand and we'll read a little bit more as we keep going here. And I'm going to be fast. I'm going to be efficient. But I want to make sure that we grasp this concept of what it truly means to occupy. Occupying means that we are carrying forward the business of the one that left with us. We are carrying forward the business of the one who left it with us. So it was a requirement of these fellows that they should carry forward, these servants, that they should carry forward, not just hold their ground, but carry forward the responsibility that was laid before them in the absence of that leader or that king. Now, there's a saying that goes, when the cat's away, the mice will play. I like what, Pat, what Pastor Barbara K. Johnson says, but when the father's away, the sons will stay. So we understand that there's this conundrum here that these servants find themselves in because their leader who has anointed them, who has called them, who has gifted them, who has entrusted the assignment to them is about to leave. And now they're far greatly outnumbered by citizens who don't want this guy to reign over them. And the measure, the protective measure in place is not giving them uh, uh, an arsenal of weaponry 
to protect their minds from the citizens who don't want this guy to reign over them. Understand Jesus when he's talking, he specifically inserts the fact that he will that these citizens made the statement, we will not have this guy to reign over us. He makes that statement before he leaves his servants and leaves them with talent. So he wants that to be a hint, hint, clue, clue as to, to the fact that that's going to be a problem. And what is the problem? While the king is away, we will either occupy or we will commit apostasy. Two words that I want to put before you here is occupancy or apostasy. Again, occupancy or apostasy. Those are one of the two things that will take place while you are in the earth waiting for your eternal assignment, not the eternal abode, but the eternal assignment, because we're not rapture watchers waiting for Jesus to come and get us. We are occupying here on earth until his return. And if we don't occupy, we will find ourselves, that term apostasy means abandoning our faith. Here's what's at stake. Here's why Jesus tells them occupy. Because if you're not busy doing what he told you to do, by nature, you're going to get busy doing something. Come on now, the idle mind, we say it all the time, the idle mind, the devil's playground. And I'm, I'm persuaded that the aftermath, as we are, I prayerfully uh, decree, uh, moving out of this pandemic, we're going to find that there's a lot of preoccupying that has taken place and people's time and space has been filled with things that God never intended for it to be filled with. Listen to me, believers. Listen to me. During this time, we are at stake. If we're not occupying our time with godly things, we're going to find something else to put in that time. It's much like Jesus spoke of when he was speaking of the enemy and spirits when they come in to possess uh, the life of a human. Jesus said, let that wicked one come because when he comes, he'll find nothing within me that identifies with him. Why? Because my innards are occupied. But he says, but if an individual uh, be cleansed of a preoccupying spirit and they are remain unoccupied, what happens is that spirit goes and gets seven foes, seven stronger spirits greater than he comes back and occupies. And now this individual is gone. Listen, this is what God told me to tell you. And you're not going to like this. You're going to be mad at this because you got some folk that you love, that you that you just believe going to come back to the kingdom of God. God said this, Hebrews 6 verses 4 through six affirm this statement if there are those who have abandoned the faith don't waste your time trying to go back and get them the bible says it is impossible it is impossible for one who has received salvation through jesus christ have tasted of the beauty of the holy spirit and have then fallen away from the faith the word of the lord says it is impossible it would be as if they take jesus hung him back on the cross and crucified him afresh believers stop wasting your time trying to convince saved folk to be saved they have chosen for themselves let them believe or be made a lie there are too many non-believers out there who need to know the truth that you've been preaching to save folk. God says, stop trying to entertain goats and start shepherding sheep. That's been one of the hugest mistakes 
of the modern day church. We're trying to save folk who saved. They done made up their mind. If they come to church, they just come to church because they like church. But if they're not living for God, they've already made up within their mind. They've heard the gospel. The Bible said that, that this is condemnation, that light entered the world. This is John chapter 3 verse 19. It says that, that light entered the world and, and humanity rejected it because they chose darkness as opposed to light and their actions was, was what spoke louder than their words. I know you've been praying for them. I know you've been hoping, but they know who God is. But they want what they want more than they want God. That's why I ask you, what do you enjoy most? Because you better check and be sure that what you enjoy is what he enjoys because at some point, the enjoyment scale is going to have to come to balance. Apostasy, you just abandoned, you know who God is. You got, it, it's some, it's some, stay with, pray, pray, pray for me, help me, Holy Ghost. There are some individuals who are right now locked into a place of sin and unforgiveness, but they are still anointed. They can prophesy to you and they can be as accurate as you want to be. Matter of fact, some of them get paid to do it. They have made the gospel an abomination and there is judgment awaiting upon them. So don't you waste your time fooling with folks. You need to spend your time. That's, pre, that's the preoccupied point. Don't waste your time. And, and listen, listen, listen. There are people who, who uh, uh, don't want to honor and submit to the order of God's church so they're out in the world doing their own thing and still calling themselves members of the body of Christ. I got three words for you. I can't tell because we are members of a body. You can't go out and be a proverbial ideology person in a church and you ain't connected to a local gathering. Every, every member of a body got to be connected. If it's disconnected, it ain't got no blood supply coming to it. And the blood that, that was shed over 2,000 years ago is the blood that flows through every member of the body of Christ. So we must remain connected. I ain't got a whole lot of time, boy. I got to, whoo. So we must occupy. Here's why. Here's why we. He said, why are you saying that to me? You ought to be telling that to them. I'm telling you because they used to be you. <laughs> Unsaved folk don't lose their salvation. It's the, it's the righteous when they abandon their faith that become unrighteous. So, so we, I'm encouraging you so that you can lock into this place with God so that you don't miss out as this next wave, stay with me, as this next wave of, of, of preparation for judgment takes place. You must occupy yourself with the things of God. Occupy. Somebody say, I got to occupy myself. I got to make sure I'm doing, because if not, what will happen is you'll find yourself acting like the citizens. Come back to the text. You, you, you'll start, you won't say it out of your mouth but your life will show he ain't reigning over me. Read the scripture. Read the scripture. They had the same king that the servants had. But they made up in their minds, verse number 14, but the citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. Watch this. God told me this. He said, Mike, there are a lot of people who are willing to accept Christ as their savior, but very few who are willing to allow him to be Lord. Watch, 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 watch. When the king took over and things started getting a little better for the citizens, oh, we, we like him. He done saved our land. But then when he started laying down his law, oh, who, 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 who he think he is? 
Now, 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 you just got here. We were doing all, we weren't doing all that bad without you. Well, you just said you were grateful, grateful enough for, for me saving you. I'm in the word of God, man. That's what the word of God tells us in Romans chapter 10. It tells us that it, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, but with the heart you believe unto righteousness. You must be in a position of believing and accept it. Watch, it says, it says, for if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Can you see those two? We, 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 separate, we, we squish our, our eternity into salvation. But eternity don't, I'm okay, I got I to gotta walk there with you. I, gotta, I want you to see this because we have been partially taught. that You just, just call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. Yeah, you'll be saved. But if I save you and you're drowning in water and you slip up and fall back in and I done got in my car and drove off, you finna drive off, drove off. <laughs> you is fit to die right after I just saved your life. So we must understand uh, uh, life in the kingdom, I want to be saved, but I want to etch my kingdom citizenship into a place that there is no question. Come on, walk the word with me. We're making the devil mad today. Romans 10 and 9. Y'all walking with me? Listen, why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because lives in this pandemic have not only been taken by COVID-19, Lives and their eternal abode and their eternal assignment have been taken from folk that's still in the land of the living. So we must make sure that we're not named among them. Verse 9, Romans chapter 10. Y'all got it? Let's read that together. It'll be on the screen in just a moment if it's not already. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, read, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Jesus. No, 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 no. Now you know Jesus. You know, the little baby Jesus in the fleece, like Ricky Bobby like. Huh? No, no, no. We're not talking about baby Jesus who's cute. No, we're talking about King Jesus, the Lord. We're talking about the one who want to get all in your, in your business and make your business his business and take your business and give you his business, have you looking for your business and can't find it nowhere because you so occupied with his business. That Jesus. We don't like talking about that Jesus. We like talking about it on the cross, Jesus. But he rose on the third. He got power over death, hell, and the grave. G, G, G. We like that Jesus. We don't like that Jesus to tell us, hey, delete his number from your phone. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Wait a minute, Jesus. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute, Lord Jesus. Wait a minute, Lord Jesus. Wait a minute, Lord Jesus. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Lord Jesus. I, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Thank <laughs> you for your witness. Hallelujah. Help us to get this, Lord Jesus, and shalt believe what? In thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Belief does what? It causes you to be saved so so your belief in him causes you to be saved but when you confess when you make an open declaration i will have you to reign over me now you now you now you got to give an account for them words you done said people want salvation but they don't want his rulership 
And we start acting like those citizens. Look at look back at uh, Luke chapter 19, verse number 27. We'll see what happened with those who look like the citizens, those who act like those citizens. Here's what Jesus says. But those are mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them. They're citizens and enemies. How you how is it that you have uh, have have you have accepted the idea of his lordship but have not embraced his instruction as he, as your ruler and thus you become his enemy it happens when we don't occupy it is what it says bring them hither and slay them before me i want them to see what happens when they refuse to embrace me as their ruler now, this is Jesus. I've got to stay with Jesus. Jesus is so smooth of a guy. God Almighty. I want you to see this. God, I don't want to mislead you. This is Jesus. This is, this, is, this is Jesus having a conversation. This isn't one of those open statements. We find the, 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 the reference of this parable in Matthew 25. So I'm going to kind of toggle those two together because in Matthew 25 Jesus isn't just openly talking to everybody guess who he talking to them 12 he talking to the small group <laughs> so wait a minute Jesus why are you telling those that are about to be apostles Judas to occupy yourself with my business because, Judas, if you leave yourself open to preoccupancy, you will find yourself slipping into apostasy. You abandoned the very one who called you out of that foolishness. And guess what lured Judas away? Ma'am, and the very thing that Jesus is saying, Judas, occupy yourself with me like you occupying yourself chasing them silver coins. Can you see the concept? Man, I hope y'all are hearing this revelation, hearing it and hearing it clearly. So we must occupy. Somebody say, I got to occupy. And here's the concept. Next, I'm going to close here. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to get this out as quickly as possible. But this message, again, I believe the most important parable that Jesus gave because it shows us how to sustain ourselves. And the truth be told, we occupy ourselves with stuff that don't got nothing to do with God. Yeah, we do. We are. We are. We let a day go by that a, a statistic was shown that or was proven that in surveying pastors of the 20th century, that they they, they prayed on average eight minutes a day, eight minutes. The one who with the microphone in his hand, huh? talk to God eight minutes out the day, 23 hours and 52 minutes of preoccupancy. And get up on a platform with a microphone talking about a God that is not occupying their space. Okay. And we wonder why the church has mitigated in potency and power over these last few years, last few decades. Somebody say it's time for change. Time for change. Time for change. So, so here's, here's the key, the last key to occupancy. Know that God expects improvement. He's not okay 
with you just being saved and make it. Just want to make it to heaven. You want to make it in. No, you, you, you should. But he's not okay with you. Listen. Do you, do you, I got so many thoughts at the same time. Y'all pray for me. Do you want God to barely bless you just a little bit? Son, I was trying my best to get that job for you, but you know, I mean, I, I had the other stuff to take care of, man. And, you know, I just, I just never did get around to get, get to calling that, to, you know, to touching that man's heart to hire you. Uh, you, you. I mean, you, you, but you know my heart, though. You know my heart. I mean, it ain't nothing I wouldn't do for you now. I mean, I died. I sent my son to die for you. But, I, I, you know, I tried. I, I, I couldn't find that joker number. I kept looking for it. I looked through all my texts. All my tests couldn't find that man number. But you're gonna be alright though. You just keep on struggling, doing your best to make it in. If that, is that how we want God to do? No, no. God, God is an abundant, God is a God who's always pushing. His desire is that every generation gets better and better. And though it doesn't look like it, I promise you it's happening because there are fewer laborers for the vineyard. So what he's doing is he's heaping anointings on each generation. My anointing is more potent than uh, uh, potentially than the generation that came before me because I got more to do. And there's fewer people who's willing to help me do it. Hear God, man. Every generation is getting better. It's improving. I'm, watch. I know stuff because of those who came before me and what I've received. I know stuff at this phase that it took my predecessor decades to get. And you're in the same generation. So that means it's getting better. So, so if that be God's approach, then that has to be concerning occupying. That has to be our approach. Y'all, we can't be settled with, with the same tongue that we got when we first received the utterance of the, of the gift of, of tongues. Bruh, you bruh, sis. It sounds exactly the same. That thing ain't cleared up, no, you ain't. <laughs> Them ain't words, that's gibberish, okay? Let's partner with the Holy Spirit a little better here. Hear what he's saying. I'm going to help this this generation now. Because if we're not improving and the world is advancing, oh, we're irrelevant. We're irrelevant. If we don't have the interpretation of tongues and generations, our grandparents who couldn't read has interpretation of tongues? What you talking about? You're irrelevant. If you can't give a prophetic word on the spot to somebody who's about to take their own life and the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus, can't be birthed out. You ain't got that. What you wish? And here's a note to everybody in this pandemic. If in this pandemic you hiding in the cave, then don't come back and preach no type of gospel because your gospel don't work in this season. I'm sorry. Lost 10 friends. I lost 10 friends and loved ones. Um, listen to me. We are not. When Elijah hid in the cave, God said, God said, now, now you're getting ready to lose your mantle, sir. Never told you to hide in no cave just because some, just because times get hard, just because Jezebel coming after you. You are of the you are of the ethnos where no man can kill you. You have to give your life. 
And we don't believe like that no more. We scared. Oh, Kobe. Oh, oh, oh we're going to kill. And I'm not making light of it, but I'm saying the blood that was shed over 2,000 years ago. If it can't touch you, but if it touches, it sure can't kill you. With your anointed self, you got the blood of, you have the blood of the walking vaccination on the inside, all over your outside. God, Jesus Christ gave his life and by his stripes, your healing is already settled. Wear your mask and wash your hands, but you better not walk in fear. You better get out there because some of those very ones that are afraid, they're looking for good news. All they get is fake news and bad news and they're looking to hear something different, something better, and you are God's answer. In the middle of this foolishness going on here. Yeah, we got to be careful. We got to be careful at the church. You know, we can't get yeah, We can't do that. You be careful. I'm going to occupy. I'm going to occupy. Because there are people who are dying of COVID who didn't get who didn't get to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And you best believe death by COVID ain't got nothing on an eternal damnation burning in hell and in a lake of fire. So God expects us to improve. Let me get back to my Sunday school lesson. God expects us to improve. I know I'm over time, but can I close this out? You guys okay? Y'all okay watching us live? Good deal. We've got, we've got, we've, God expects, God expects, watch, he expects improvement. So verse 15 says, and it came to pass that when he returned, having received his kingdom, watch, he went to get his kingdom, he got it. <laughs> oh, boy, that was for somebody right there. You ain't going after something and ain't going to possess that thing, baby. It's all over you to be a taker, to be a possessor of territories. When you go in, you go in to come out with the spoils. You are of that type of ethno somebody say I am a possessor yeah yeah he went to get his kingdom and he returned having received it then he commanded of his he didn't ask him he didn't request him he commanded his servants to be called to him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had what gain but he didn't see how he didn't want to see you know how well they kept that little pound or that little uh, three month salary God, I got, I got, you know I got what you good, I got what you gave me here's what the guy said verse, verse number uh, 16 the Bible says and the first came saying Lord thy pound has gained ten pounds here's what he said and he said unto them well thy good servant Matthew said it this way well done Thou good and faithful servant. I like that one. It says, because you have been faithful in a very little. Ooh, that's a word for somebody. I'm full today. You thought that three months salary was something. Ooh, that's very little in comparison to what God wants to give you. God wants to give you the same thing that he has. He lets you take a pound to show him that you're ready to rule a city. The same city. God Almighty out here by the anointing. The same city that he's going to possess. The same territory that he's going before to, to, to possess. He ain't possessing it for himself. He has sons and daughters who he's given pounds to to see how well of a job they're going to do 
do at handling these very small things and he don't just want to give them one city he don't just want to give them two cities he don't want to give three four or five God wants to bless you exceeding abundantly far above all that you could ask or think according to that power that works on the inside of you he wants you to rule and rule well he created you to be fruitful multiply replenish the earth subdue it and have and walk heavy in your dominion that's why he don't need another city he has heaven as his throne the earth is his footstool he don't need another area to take over but he needs areas to delegate to his sons daughters and servants to continue to expand his kingdom somebody ought to be bold enough to say and I'm just that kind of servant 10 cities I'll give you authority over. The second came saying, Lord, thy pound has gained five pounds. He said, likewise, great job, son. I'm going to give you five cities. Another came saying, Lord, here's your pound. Er, pause. One of these things not like the other. One of these things are not the same. Let's play the learning game. This servant has the audacity to tell him, here you go. I, I, I got what you gave me. He says, no, 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 no. Sometimes there, somehow there must have been a breakdown in communication. Because what I called you to me for today, what I summoned you for was for you to tell me what you've done with what I gave you, not, what, not where you put what I gave you. What do we learn from this? What we learn from this is salvation is not merely enough. And I know, you, I know that goes against our theology and, and, and you know, because people have preached this message of wanting everybody to get into heaven. But I'm here to tell you the kingdom of God is not inclusive. It's exclusive. Everybody that's talking about it ain't got a part in it. I know that that don't sound right in this model. Oh, God wants everyone. He does, but everybody ain't willing to want him. And he's not going to lower the standard to get you in. That, see, that, that, that's that, that everybody get a trophy thing right there. That participation award. I, I, you know, called me the athlete issue. You know, I got an athlete, my athletic pass. I used to hate him because I, I knew he was sorry. You know, you, I, am I okay to say? He, he know he was sorry. He didn't even help us out, out, out on the scout team, Elder. Got ramped over every play. And he get a letter? All right, give him the letter. Give him the letter, coach. Hey, see me after the awards banquet. Give me that letter. Your sorry self. Chanel, you know, don't be laughing. You know what I'm talking You know how we came up. You better not be sorry talking about when you was on the team. What team? What team? What year? Mm, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't you mention that. I go back to my 11th grade year on you just that fast. <laughs> Just everybody get, no, no, no. This is not inclusive. God is not just letting everyone in. There's an expectation, and that expectation is that you improve. So, 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 your salvation, one or two things needs to happen. I don't know I'm time far spent, uh, uh, but here's what he says. Your salvation must, you at least, one, at, at, at least need to grow in maturity. That's when he said, at least you could have did was put it in the bank. And got some interest off that bad boy. But you went and did nothing with you. just sat in the ground. The same way you were when you said, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Is the same way you are when he come back for all of us? Oh, come on. That, every living thing. Watch. Every, we learned this in school. Every living thing grows. Its size may not increase. But it goes through seasons of two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, 
one step back. And then when it reaches its full potential, it starts to be fruitful in that. It'll give till it can't give no more. Then it'll wither, and then it sees it'll come back again. And everything that's living grows. So if you have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, there ought to be some evidence. You can't still be cussing folk out the way you did when you first started the thing. But they just tried me. Yes, but you know, that's practical, right? And, so, and somebody say, say this out loud. No condemnation. You're here. You're here. You're listening. You're, 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 you're witnessing to this. But don't lock into this. This is just information for you to stay occupied. Because occupancy is not stagnant. It's improvement. And these guys, that, that's enough. Y'all, I think y'all get the concept. Thank you, Lord. The, the concept is while you he's away, we must improve. If we're improving, we are profitable to him. If we're not improving, we are unprofitable. Matthew 25 and 30 gives the horrible aftermath of what takes place to those servants who do nothing with what God gives them except t- tuck it away. Matthew said it this way. He said that, well, excuse me, he, he said in Jesus' stead that you are an unprofitable servant. So he said, cast him out into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, some of y'all been in, in the way much longer than I have. Please help me understand the place that we refer to by the weeping and the gnashing of the teeth. We all know good and well where that is. Amen? Church, amen? Amen de gand? Amen. That's the place that we don't want to be. But to those who are profitable, he says these words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over that which was little. Enter into my joy. Now, we also know what that place is that he's talking about. That's our place of eternal purpose the place where we are forever in his presence, new heaven, new earth, ruling and reigning as his sons and daughters. And that's his desire for us. So much so that he gives us the instructions by saying, son, while I'm away, occupy. Keep yourself busy carrying forward what I started before I left. And when I return, we're going to celebrate together. And there's going to be promotion in store for the people of God. Wow, what a message, what a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful. It causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to catch us via our live stream, you can do so by going to our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or Tuesdays at 7.15 p.m., both Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life, you have exactly what you say.